welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. What's going on, guys? Steve here, saying what's up before the episode, as always. We're going to jump right into it this week on the show. Good friend of mine, Tommy Wilson, from the world of professional wrestling, since retired, but I'm glad I was able to get him on. I hope everybody's been doing well. I hope everybody's been staying safe. What are we watching? What are we doing to pass the time? Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. Let us know. Uh, me, myself, my wife, uh, a couple of the dogs, we sat down, we watched Alien, we watched Aliens. It's an important lesson. It's a movie about people that die because they don't learn from quarantine. Let that be a lesson to all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and get into that episode with Tommy Wilson. Uh, it's a little bit digital with the talking because of the connection that I had with him uh, when I was recording most of my conversations on my phone and before I transferred over to the computer. Uh, so there is a, a little bit of lag on that. Uh, I apologize. I hope you can get through it. Uh, it's me and Tommy just having fun, sharing stories. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's been a while since me and him had really talked. Uh, so we're going to get into it, folks. Uh, I love you all. Thank you for coming on this continuous journey with me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure that I get to do this with you every week. Uh, and with that, we're going to get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, another episode of the last podcast you'd want. Wear a mask. Tip the veal. Try the staff. I'll see you then. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here, and I got another great, fun episode. I bring to you today a friend. The show is all about people you may know and people you might not know. This is someone that you might not know, but he's a friend of mine. I bring to you from San Diego, California, and according to himself today, weighing 181 pounds, Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you the one, the only, the Mega King, Tommy Wilson. You know, I've been lobbying every promoter in Southern California to start a cruiserweight division just so I can win that title. Because I've been a heavyweight everywhere I've ever gone, but now I've lost 130 pounds uh, in three months. Yeah, be jealous. Yeah, you want to know how to lose weight? It's not going to the gym. It's not dieting. It's developing pancreatitis, going to the hospital for two months, and you'll just lose 110 pounds, 130 pounds. It just happens. And there you go. And for those of you that the music might have been too loud, it is my good friend Tommy Wilson. Tommy, you know, you know I don't like this whole Steve thing. Like we had a we had a traumatic issue a long time ago where. I went to the ring and you were refing, and the other wrestler tells me there's a big ass hole in the ring, and I just go, "Yeah," and his name's his Steve. Name Steve. What the wrestler was telling me was that there was actually a hole in the ring that we were gonna have to work around, and you just look at me and you go, "It's Everett." It was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're not Steve to these people," and I've never called you Steve since because you traumatized me so bad. Yeah. That was, it, was you, it was New Wave Pro Wrestling, and it was you and Johnny Paradise. Yes. No, I, I 100% remember. <laughs> so do I. Although, I, although <laughs> I'd like to forget that I ever wrestled Johnny Paradise. Just kidding, Johnny. You're great when I don't have to work 
with you. Um, I'm sure he doesn't listen to the show, so it's all right. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, so let's get on. So let's get on point here. Let me start off with something for you because it's Easter Sunday. I know this will probably drop after Easter, but we're hanging oh, out on Easter was... because our family, you know, you apparently live across the street from your family. My family lives down the road, but my sister-in-law just happens to be a nurse at Rady's Children's Hospital and could potentially be infected and my lungs are not healthy. So I can't really be around the family. No one in my family can be around the family. So it's pretty much just me, the wife and my son at home because, yeah, that's just the way it is. So every year on Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, my father-in-law always says, you know, what are you thankful for? And this year I was reminded of this great Mark Norman joke where he says, you know, I'm grateful that I'm not attracted to little boys. And everybody at the table just goes, oh, my God, like, what's that attracted a little boy? How awful would that be? And I really wanted to do it this year. And I'm disappointed that I'm not going to be at the kitchen table with a ton of strict Catholics to tell this joke and mortify my wife. And there you go. Um, I, I think it's <clears throat> funny because hopefully, I mean, it's probably going to go through my end. Uh, there was that little bit of lag glitch and hopefully it doesn't a lot. But the joke was, uh, I'm grateful that I don't like little boys. Yes. Yes. I don't. A... I don't like little boys. Why are you guys so upset at this? I just said I don't like, like <laughs> what's wrong with you people like you guys kind of into that. Anyway, so we're here to talk about movies and I've got lots of great movie stories. So let's get let's get going and give the people what they want to listen to. And see if I can actually amuse them and make them remember my name. Something Absol I couldn't do in pro wrestling. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, that is an edit point. So they're not going to know what that means. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I know it's going to have a, a fun story with it because you, you told me a little bit about it yesterday. Uh, a question I always like to start with. Uh, have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? Yes, there's one movie that I've walked out on. And the funny thing about it is I did not, not only did I not pay to see this movie, it wasn't just free. I was actually working as a projectionist in, I want to say this is 2000, 2001. And the movie is Glitter, starring Mariah Carey. And I was actually getting paid to watch this movie because every Thursday night before the Friday movies come out, we had to put the six five or six reels together of a movie, depending on how long it is. Sometimes if it was like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, it'd be seven or eight. Um, God, I feel bad for whoever had to build Endgame, if that even still exists anymore with building reels. But okay. so I built the reels, put them together, added all the previews on, which takes a little bit of work. So I had to, So my job was to go in and watch the movie and make sure all the splices were correct. Nothing was backwards so that when people come to pay, they're good. About 45 minutes into this movie, I just want to, Life's too short for this. I'm not getting paid enough. Because so I think minimum wage was six seventy five an hour at the time. I hadn't had overtime for the day yet. And I just went, I'm out of here. Wrote a note to my supervisor and said, I can't handle this movie. You're going to need to finish watching it in the morning. I'm going home. First write-up I ever got in my life. <laughs> Thank you, Mariah uh Carey, for that atrocious movie. <laughs> Oh man, I can I can relate to the to the not the building up because I never really learned building up, but I definitely learned breaking down. Uh, by the time Endgame came out, I'm sure it was all uh, digital. I'm pretty sure there was no 35 millimeter on it. That's what I thought. <clears throat> but I can tell you, I did break down Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Nice. And that I... was a that was like an eight to nine real film. I actually built uh, Revenge of the Sith, and this was a fun one. Because uh, 
the way Lucasfilm was handling this movie because it was the final Star Wars movie, we all thought at the time, they didn't send it till like 4 a.m. Sure. So I actually got a call like three from the nighttime projectionist that night going, hey, man, like I need you to come in a little bit early. I need you to help me build it. And you're going to have to watch Star Wars Revenge of the Sith first thing this morning. I'm like, okay, let me just come right in. Because I'm like, that's amazing. Because I thought I was going to have to wait till like my shift was over, beg for movie tickets, or possibly run a, you know, a little preview for myself after the night's over at like two in the morning. But so I go in. I'm in my SpongeBob pajama pants and like a Star Wars t-shirt and I watched the movie in this 500 seat auditorium all by myself getting paid. So I'm like, life is good for a 21 year old me or 20. I don't know how old I was it's like from 18 to 21 before they fired me. Sure, um, <laughs> That's a whole other story we don't need to get into. But so I watched the movie and I'd seen an episode of the Simpsons where Homer and Marge went to, um, they want to see Empire Strikes Back, and Homer comes out and he says, oh my god, I can't believe Vader's Luke's father right in front of the crowd of people that are waiting to come in. And I thought, how great would it be to go screw with all these people that are out in front? There's like 300 people in line standing there, and I just go, oh my god. It turns out that Darth Vader's really a clone, and Anakin's the true emperor. Oh, my God. And then I just keep walking, giving them no context. But I'm in uniform, so they're going, wait, he must have watched it. And they were livid. That was right up, <laughs> that was right up number two, because the manager was already there. And she comes up to me. She's like, did you just go outside and give a spoiler? I was like, no, I gave a fake spoiler just to mess with them. He's like, well, they're all pissed. You can't do that. I was like, oh, come on. It was pretty bad. <laughs> and they're going to be so stoked when it's not true. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, but so Glitter is the uh, the one movie, the only movie that you've ever walked out of. Yes, of a movie theater. I mean, there's been plenty of movies where I've Netflixed or, you know, read it at oh. Blockbuster over the years where I'm, you know, 20, 30 minutes in and I'm like, yeah. Like eight legged freaks with uh, David Arquette. David? Oh, now, come I, on. David Arquette, Doug E. Doug. Dude, I love David Arquette. I'm a huge fan of David Arquette and his bad movies, but eight legged freaks was just like, oh, God. What I is like going eight, on I here? like I like eight legged freaks more than I like Slither. Yeah. Slither is Slither, bad too. Slither, but I think Slither has the better cast. I think Slither is a James Gunn film. <laughs> See, maybe that's why it was watchable for me. Oh, man. So that's that's a good one. I like that glitter. Uh, first time uh, and hopefully the only time Mariah Carey and that film are brought up on this podcast. Um, <laughs> when so it here, comes... let me tell you. Hold on. Let me let me tell you one more story from my projectionist days and then we'll move on past that. Sure. No, so sure, sure. I just started wrestling. So this has to be 2001, maybe early 2002. It's what Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back comes out. Okay. So. Once again, it came in on Thursday. It actually came in pretty early in the afternoon, so we were able to get it put together. Problem is, you have to... We played in whatever theater it's going to start the next day. So, you know, you move the movies around based on the size of the theater and what you think is going to draw the biggest crowd, and that's where we put the movies. So, Jay and Silent Bob gets there pretty early because they really didn't care about spoilers and probably were just like, whatever, if you want to spoil it, maybe more people will come watch it. Because I actually think it's a great movie. But so I uh, had messaged Oliver John, who was the guy who trained me, and was like, hey, man, I'm watching, I'm going to be watching Jay and Silent Bob at like 7 o'clock tonight. He's like, I thought it came out tomorrow. I'm like, it does. So I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm like, bring some friends. I called my brother. I'm like, hey, bring some friends. So we literally had like 50 people 
in this auditorium. And now the managers always let us preview stuff and we were allowed to bring friends. Now, I didn't tell them I was doing it because I was bringing like 50 people as opposed to like one or two. We were usually allowed. So I just ran it after the last movie was showing, which ended at six. And I was like, that gives me an hour, move the movie, build Jay and Silent Bob, put it in there and get it going. So all my buddies show up. We have this great time, bring alcohol. Now I'm not really drinking at the time. So they're all having a great time. So it turns out my brother dropped like a ball of Budweiser. The glass shattered everywhere. I didn't realize it because I wasn't really paying attention. But he actually got us banned from having previews with our friends ever again at this movie theater because they're like, wait, somebody was drinking in the theater. I was like, wait, you ran Jay and Silent Bob and you didn't tell us? And, and you had people in there and you guys were drinking. You guys dropped a bottle and... And not the maids. Why am I thinking the maids? Because it's been in way too many hotels. But the like cleaning ladies that come through at night, one of them sure. picked it up and like cut her hand and made this big dramatic deal out of it. Somehow I didn't get written up for this one, by the way. The manager <laughs> that was in charge of all of it was like pretty cool. He also only had one arm. But he basically was just like, all right, well, we're never doing this again. So it's employees only. I'm like, ah, oh, it's such a bummer. So we kind of ruined it for everybody at that theater moving forward. And after I left, I had a buddy that still worked there. And I assumed, okay, well, I'm gone. So they'll start allowing friends back in. He's like, nope. They are strict. <laughs> it's employees only. And it's like at midnight. I'm like, oh, that's miserable. Because I remember watching, I think, the first Lord of the Rings. And we started at 1 a.m. And I remember hating the movie because, you know, it was going until 4 a.m. And I was exhausted. And obviously, I've watched it since, and all Lord of the Rings are fantastic. But at the time, I hated it just because I fell asleep and just associated that with the movie sucking. So, sure, yeah, that's um, my last little projection story. That's that I I'm a big uh, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Uh, I really love uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, I've said it before on the podcast, but I'll say it again. Uh, I went and caught a double feature of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, followed by Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. I just watched that on Amazon a couple of days ago. Uh, what did you good. think? I thought it was pretty good for what it is. Cause like, obviously I lower my expectations and I did watch Tusk and I did watch yoga hosers. I haven't seen those yet. <laughs> uh, I'd watch yoga hosers. It's amusing. Um, I'd recommend being intoxicated in some fashion. Um, if you're going to do that, Tusk, sure you might as well just stick like a knife up your nose. Like no offense, Kevin Smith, but not your best work. What's, what's better red state or tusk? Oh, red state's amazing. Okay. I didn't even realize that was a Kevin Smith movie until the credits rolled. Really? You know, another. Yeah. I just, I Netflixed it. Cause I might be one of the few people on the planet that actually has the Netflix DVD program. <laughs> Because okay. I, like I like getting the Blu-rays because back in the early days of Netflix, the streaming was atrocious, so I used to get all the Blu-rays. Sure. Because um, I have giant 70-inch TV and, you know, the Xbox One with the 4K and all that. So I love watching the hard copy of stuff on my TV because it looks so fantastic. But um, I watched it, and then all of a sudden it's like Kevin, directed by Kevin Smith. I was like, oh, my God, that is incredible. It's like Jim Carrey doing a serious movie. Sure, um, sure. Another one I just watched that I didn't realize who the director was was Knives Out. I watched that like a day ago. And oh, Knives I, Out's fucking amazing. Dude, like it started off a little slow, but as it went on, I'm like, this is getting interesting. I'm like, and I don't want to spoil anything, but like they're basically kayfabe and giving away the whole plot. Yeah. And then it's not. I'm like, 
oh my god like it blew my mind at the end and it was so well done the acting was great the actor is in it chris evans is great um they're all curtis jamie Collette. yes all fantastic and then it goes directed by ryan johnson i'm like god i love ryan johnson god i love the last jedi send your hate mail to me right now for saying that but i love every star wars movies including the prequels I can Absolutely. come up with a reason why you should watch every single Star Wars movie. Write down just the pod race alone in episode one. You're ridiculous. The pod, do, the pod race in Darth Maul. I mean, come on. What, what more do you really need? No, absolutely. Do me, do me a quick favor. Take the mic and just move it away from your neck because I am here and every time it grizzles right up against it. You're Perfect. Here in my be- you're here in my beard. Okay. Got it. I moved. I appreciate I appreciate that. I apologize to everybody out there because I'm a podcast snob, but if the audio is trash, I stop listening. So hopefully you're all still listening to me and don't hate me. Uh, hopefully. That would have been great in my wrestling days, but not so much now. I, I hope I hope people listen to the, the whole episode myself, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, uh, I really, I really enjoyed. Uh, so I will say I saw Knives Out twice in the theater. I saw it by myself on Thanksgiving uh, and then my uh, father and stepfather wanted to go see it. Uh, so I went and saw it with them in the theater as well. Uh, nice. I loved it just as much the second time in the theater as I did the first time around. Uh, did you, and not to, I, I think, I think I've already kind of spoiled it on the thing. So we won't ch- we'll go much too into it. Did you, did you figure out who it was before, before the reveal? No. Okay. Okay. No, I, I watched it pretty late at night and I was a little tired. So I was just watching it and enjoying. True. And my son kept kind of running in and out. So I'd have to pause it here and there. Um, got up at one okay. point, make some popcorn. So I, it was, it took me about two and a half, maybe three hours to actually watch the, the whole two hour movie. Sure. Um, so I, it kept throwing me off a little bit. I think if I was paying better attention, I probably would have caught it earlier on. Okay. Cause it was so obvious once it happens, like, Oh my God, of course. Yeah, uh, I, I figured it out. Um, uh, so, folks, I'm about to give my spoiler. So, so just jump forward 30 seconds to a minute. Uh, I figured it out uh, when he arrived at the house and the dogs were barking at him. The okay. second time. The second time you see him when he, yeah. arrives dur- when he arrives during the day. Okay. That is the point. I figured it out. Uh, and the one throwback I love is Christopher Plummer saying... Uh, kids nowadays, they're so ignorant, they can't tell a real knife from a prop knife, mm-hmm. which goes which goes right into the finish of Ex- him grabbing the knife and not knowing that it's yes. That. Yes, right? And, it, and while she was laying there, I knew it had gone in. Like, I knew, like, it retracted and that it wasn't a real knife. The second yeah. she was just lying, the look at her face was, like, shock, but it wasn't, I'm about to die shock. It was, I'm not about to die shock. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so good. Um, oh, there are so many good films that have come out. Have you seen Joker yet? Oh yeah, I've seen it twice. I saw it in the theater. I saw um, it. In the, I saw it in the theater twice. I saw it in the theater. Had an awful experience because a guy in front of me actually had his phone out and was like texting the entire time, and I had to get up and actually go get a manager to get him to stop because he was just like, "Well, I can do whatever I want." I'm just like, "Oh my god, dude!" Like, oh, chill. Man. So it, so I missed a few of it. I uh, I bought it on 4K about three weeks ago, whenever it came out, and just sure. watched it. And it just is good the second time. 
like it's one of those movies where it kind of starts off slow. And I had a buddy who recommended it to me because I was a little on the fence of if I was going to go pay to see it in the theater, or if I was going to wait for it to come out and just Netflix it and not have to pay for it. He's like, no, man, you just got to go. And then 20, 30 minutes in, I was like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this or not just because of how slow it was and how dark it was. And then as it just kept going on and on by the end, I was like, this is so good. It is. Uh, It is a very slow burn. I don't like the lack of continuity from what Batman and Joker are together and the age differential that they ended up putting in there. Um, But I liked the way they kind of, you know, showed Bruce Wayne's parents in the way that got to spend. I'm not going to spoil anything on that either, but I like what they did with that. I just wish Bruce was a little bit older. So they're a little closer in age because if you look at any Joker, you know, you look at any Joker Batman movie, they're pretty close in age. And this one kind of that, this one took it out. But at the same time, you look at any comic book, you know, I, I actually just started reading comic books again about three years ago. And one of the things that I love is when they go, okay, we're done with this storyline. We're just going to reboot the whole thing and start a completely different story. And that actually made it easier to, you know, get into some of the movies. Cause I'm like, you don't need this continuity. You get, you know, you get the dark Knight Batman, you get those three movies and then someone else will make a new one. You know, Ben Affleck will come out, make his one movie. And then that's that. And then we're getting the kid from twilight now. So I always hope it's good. Cause I love the Batman character but I've accepted that it's never going to just be this ongoing storyline. So on that end of it, especially when I rewatched Joker, I just went, you know, I don't care for it, but the, like just that one bit of continuity, but at the end of the day, that's the way the director wanted to go. And the movie was great. So I'm not going to knock it. Sure. Um, the one thing I, I will say that I, that I take that I always took away from it. <clears throat> a lot of people feel that at the end of the movie, uh, when he's in the makeup and they're in the car and he's le- he's leaning against the window and he's looking out. A lot of people said that that was kind of a little homage uh, to, to Ledger in The Dark Knight with him leaning out the window. Um, but in reality, it's it's in retrospect, it's exactly how they started the movie with him on the bus with his head leaning against the window. Exactly the same. That's a great call. It's a good point. I didn't even think of that. And um, I hadn't heard the ledger comparisons, but there was points in there where it felt like he was using a little bit of the Heath Ledger version of the Joker and kind of channeling that. But it never felt like he was ripping it off either. And it felt like a very authentic Joker. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, I'd love it if they just went, all right, so we're going to pretend Jared Leto never happened and we're just going to throw Joaquin Phoenix in this. And I, now I, I will I, say this. I, I liked Jared Leto. I did too. I liked a little bit of that. I, but I don't like the fact that there's now two Jokers out there at this point. So one of them's going to have to go. And obviously Joaquin Phoenix nailed it and people just crapped all over Jared Leto. So Jared Leto is going to be out. But it's I would a different, have no- it's a different universe. It's a, it's a, it's a multiverse, my man. Oh, well, I know. But what I'm saying is I would have no problem if all of a sudden Joaquin Phoenix just pops up in a Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn movie. And they be- just... You know, and they just throw that together because it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see that take on it. But yeah, that gangster white boy Jared Leto Joker was pretty rad. And I bought the action figure because the figure looks cool. So if I'm buying if I'm buying the merch, I'm not going to crap on the product. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really I mean, uh, for the most part, I really enjoyed uh, Suicide Squad. 
Uh, not a lot of people did. I mean, it's lower on me for for you know DC films, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, getting back on track for the for the questions though, because we could just okay. just bring up and talk movies every day. Because I, I I mean, it's a movie podcast, and we can do that. But once again, it, it is Easter, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll try not to go more than four or five hours. And when you'll when have, we. Hey, you, I'm going to give you a month worth of podcast right now. Absolutely. Although, no, no, although if people turn off the first one and they see Tommy Wilson part two, Tommy Wilson part three, they're going to be like, what the hell? Although that might get them to go, wow, he's on like eight times. Maybe this guy actually is cool. And they'll go back and re-listen and go past the part where the audio is all jacked up and actually listen to me. Maybe possibly. I mean, uh, and that's, and, and that's the thing is, is, uh, is, is like, I just recorded uh, an episode with my brother's, uh ranking video games they've made like 32 video game movies and i wanted to do 30 i wanted to rank 30 of them and and they were like that's going to be like a three or four hour podcast they like my one of my brothers was like that's too long no one's going to want to listen to that and my automatic response and i'm no in no way in no way let me say in no way am i comparing myself to this person in no way but my automatic response was joe rogan does four hour long episodes and they ramble about fucking random shit. So I was Joe, like, Joe yeah. Rogan is my favorite podcast to put on when I'm like cleaning the house and I just need four hours to kill with nonsensical background noise. And, and every great. now and again, he comes up with these great points. I'm like, oh man, I need to go back and listen to that part again. Because yeah. he's so intelligent. He's so open-minded to everybody. It's great. Yeah. But and no, four, four hour podcasts work if you got the right content. Sure, sure. And I, and, 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 there, like, I have, uh, so I just released an, an episode, and this, I mean, this is also the time frame, people can always place it. I'm always real inside baseball on uh, on the way I talk with the show. Uh, so it's the only time I've mentioned it, but I think that that Parasite, have you seen Parasite? No, I don't, oh. I don't think I've even heard of it. Uh, it won the Academy Award for Best uh, Picture. I don't know That's if you know that. That's exactly why I didn't hear about it, because uh, I think that... Wins an Academy it, Award. I'm not watching. It's an ava- well. It's available on Hulu. Uh, I'd recommend it. And you say that, but Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor for Joker, and you've seen that. So, no, I'm talking about the movies themselves. Oh, okay. I'm talking okay. about whatever wins Best Picture. Dude. I go down the list. I'm like, I've heard of none of these. I'm not watching any of these. I'd uh, rather watch Tusk again. You should look. You should look at great ones. There are great films. Uh, first one that comes to mind unpopular opinion nowadays with the gentleman himself uh but woody allen's annie hall fucking amazing <laughs> I I'm, gonna, love, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one i, but okay. I love i love annie hall okay either way uh, uh you should watch parasite it's on hulu i have oh, yeah. i have a feeling that 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 joker and parasite uh are very much the same film they're very two <laughs> they're very two different films but but there are points that i have if you had seen both of them i'd bring up the points uh, uh, but uh, you haven't seen Parasite, so I can't really bring it up. I feel they're the same film, uh, but I loved Joker. I thought it was great. Uh, I love it. I think it should have won Best Picture. That's my choice. I think it would have. It should have won Best Picture. That's how amazing I thought it was, especially for someone uh, like the director who who does you know fratty frat boy films, you know old school Hangover things of that nature, uh, and then he goes and makes an amazing f- movie like Joker. Uh, and yeah, I ramble. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I think Endgame should have won 
picture of the year. Probably kind of relate to one another. You know, no one's ever going to say Hulk Hogan's the greatest in-ring performer of all time, but he's the greatest wrestler who ever lived because he made the most money and had the best impact. And let's be honest, Endgame made the most money, so that should make it movie of the year. And to be honest with you, the movie was fantastic. It built up 30 movies before it and tied it all together. And if you see any of the fan reaction videos of people watching it live, losing their goddamn minds, like it's ridiculous. But that's just my opinion is that's what should have won. It's just not artsy enough because there's blowing stuff up. Sure, sure. Um, but moving, moving along with the but, show. Yes, ask me some questions. <laughs> What's a movie that you could watch every day? Just if you're if you're cleaning the house, if you don't want to listen to Rogan, if you're cleaning the house, you got to put something off for background noise. It's a tie between Airheads and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. It's a dead tie, and part of it is just the music, especially at the end, because God gave rock and roll to you is the greatest kiss song ever written. And that's what they play at the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And I could listen to that and watch that performance, their live performance on there every single day. And airheads is great because I don't even remember what the song is called at this point. I think it's called like, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. They're talking about banging their girl and all that good stuff. But it starts off with Motorhead, uh, Born to Raise Hell. And I keep forgetting that my son just yelled out Motorhead in the background, if you guys heard that. Um, but I forget that, uh, not Method Man. Who's the guy on Law and Order SVU? It's a rapper. Uh, Ice Cube? Ice T. Ice Cube's in there. Ice T. He's got a little little cameo in the song. I was like, oh, dude, that's Ice T. It's, it's, it's Ice T. No, it's Ice T. Ice T. Okay. Either way, I, I just. Are, pop- are you talking about? Are you talking about Degenerated, the song that they sing yeah. when they're in prison? Yeah. De- no, no, Degenerated is the song they sing in prison, which is a great song. <laughs> Even though I couldn't remember the name, like, I have the tune in my head. I think it starts off motorplane. Also, the line that you see quoted a lot that a lot of people. Don't even know what it's from, but it's who would win in a wrestling match? Lemmy or God? And the racer says, Lemmy. And goes, trick question. Lemmy is God. And if you don't know who Lemmy is, oh, my God, you're, you're a lost cause. Um, you, know who the cop, you know who the cop is that comes up saying that he's the record, record executive in that film is, right? Yeah, it's the guy from Ghostbusters. Yeah, Harold, Forgetting the Harold, actor's name. Harold Ramis. Yes, it's the guy from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I not to give not to give away because it's a very it's a very obscure website. Uh, but a security question you could make your own ants question and answer. So the question is, who would win in a fight, Lemmy or God? Uh, to which the answer is legitimately trick question. Lemmy is God. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I saw uh, that one in the theater uh, with. I want to say it was my mom. I want to say my mom took me to go see her heads. <laughs> That's um, awesome. That that movie in its own right, though, is is a star-studded movie. You have uh, Brendan Fraser. You have Steve Buscemi. Adam Sandler as the three main characters. Yes. Another um, another another thing that I I quote in there. I don't ever see anybody else doing this. But if anybody ever asks me what I'm thinking about, I always say swimming pools. <laughs> Like that's a, it's an immediate go to. What you what what are you thinking about right now? Swimming, Swimming pools. pools. Wish I was in one. <laughs> Which right now is actually really true because I've got this 
tube draining fluid out of my side right now and I actually can't be soaked oh, in God. water. So I have to, I can't get a bath or go sit in a jacuzzi or anything. And all I really want to do is just go for like a nice swim and I can't. So I really do wish I was in a swimming pool. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, but really going just fast back to the cast, just because I have to mention it for people. If you have not seen Airheads, if Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler doesn't pull you in, it also has Chris Farley, Michael McKeon, Judd Nelson, Ernie Hudson, yes. David, David Arquette, Michael Richards, Joe Montagna, fucking Alan Covert. Uh, not, to, not to mention Lemmy himself is in the movie. Yep. Um, Just so, as a guy out in the crowd. He's the school newspaper rocker. He's like, oh, I was the, the editor of the newspaper or some bullshit like that. Yeah, and he talks about how he used to, like, jerk off in his pants, too, or something. Like, it's, yeah. I, I, I never saw it in the theater, but I bought the VHS. I rented the VHS originally at, like, Warehouse, and I had to buy it because I knew I was going to watch this over and over. So I bought it, and I wore out my copy of the VHS, and I have the DVD now because there's no Blu-ray because it's never going to get a Blu-ray release of any sort. I just hope someday they put it out on a digital on some format so I can watch it in HD. But I, I'll watch it on DVD quality and enjoy every minute of it. And it's like 75, 80 minutes long. It's a real quick. And it's a pretty good movie. Like, it's a unique concept that I haven't seen in any other movie with them breaking into a radio station to get their single played with water pistols filled with hot sauce. Like, if that sell you on giving this movie a chance. I don't know what will, but it's I think it's actually a really good movie. No, I, I right, love ask it. Ask me another question now. I, well, what was the other movie besides Airheads? I Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, which that's right. Everybody likes the first one better, and I totally get that. It's probably a better movie, but I actually saw Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey first because of how old I was. The first movie was a little bit before me, and I just like I loved it. I remember uh, when they're playing chess with death and trying sure. to come back to life. And then obviously the song at the end, I didn't even know it was a Kiss song for the longest time. And uh, Right there with the, you. I think the second album, the first ever album I bought was Metallica's Load. I bought it when I was like 12, 12 no, 14 maybe. I, um, I got a CD player for eighth grade graduation and then I got some some like Target gift cards, and I went and I bought Load, not really even knowing what Load meant or the fact that there was semen on the album cover to go along with Blood and other gunk. Um, but the second album I bought was Kiss's Greatest Hits, which had God Gave Rock and Roll to You Part 2. Don't know whatever happened to Part 1. I think uh, that, it, like, because it's a remake. There is a song actually called God Gave Rock and Roll to You by some, like, hippie band in the 70s that I don't think anyone's ever heard of. Sure. And it's about like fairies and stuff dancing around. So maybe they're just paying an homage to that and just saying this is the second version of that, even though it wasn't one of their songs. But that was a really bad song. But it's got the same little guitar beat to it. But I love—I genuinely think that is the best Kiss song ever put out. And I know any real Kiss fan would probably want to murder me for saying that. Uh, first rock concert I ever went to uh, was Kiss. So mine was Weird Al. Uh, well, I—I I, like my first rock concert was kiss like i wouldn't i'd, I'd consider i al al is is so much more than just rock uh but it, i can i can tell you weird al is who i've seen in concert the most weird al is one of the best performances i've ever seen live uh and yeah, that's hands, saying a lot because 
I mean, and I'm I'm not really saying he's the greatest, you know. Guns and Roses live and low-key wouldn't have thought was great and they just had a fantastic show um, but Weird Al just the performance he puts on you don't even like the music I mean because you're, you're likely going to like some of the music if you can ignore the words and just listen to the music but just the performance he puts on is great yeah I love it I love it uh, but Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey uh, I, I, I want to say we're about the same age Uh I remember seeing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure before Bogus Journey, uh, which is what got me so excited for Bogus Journey. Uh, I like them of equal value. Uh, I'm super excited for Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, with everything they have going on that. Uh, I have been lucky enough uh, that I have a former guest, Diane Franklin, who played one of the princesses in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That is awesome. That is so, absolutely awesome. Yeah, you, you might know her better from uh, Better Off Dead. She played uh, Monique, the foreign exchange student. Very obscure, but okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, so those are two great movies that I also absolutely love. Airheads, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Those are movies that I could watch every day. Uh, what is a movie that you watch uh, that can... Uh, and I, I'll do a different take on this one because, because you, you do have your six-year-old sitting next to you. What are some movies from your childhood that you have either already introduced to Oliver or you're excited to introduce to him? Mm. Well, Star Wars, number one, he's already way into that. And we, we deep diving because I do collect all the comic books. Um, all, I have all the novels. Um, we've seen all the cartoon shows. Star Wars Rebels is actually, in my opinion, the best Star Wars story that's ever been told. I know some Clone Wars fans would disagree, but Clone Wars, literally, like, I actually created a sheet called the Clone Wars episode order of how you actually watch them because they would literally do an episode, move on to a different storyline the next episode, next episode, another storyline, and then, like, 12 episodes in, they'd go back to, like, episode two, and they'd add more to it, and it's just, it bounces all over the place, and it's more fun to watch because all of them, all the Clone Wars are three episodes long for a storyline, which basically gives you a movie. And they're really, they're pretty solid. But Rebels, dude, I haven't had a, a cartoon bring me to tears, but uh, if you've watched The Clone Wars and you're into Ahsoka, when she comes back and her invader are battling, dude, it is, it just wrecks me. Because, like, she has all these issues with him and how, like, the Jedi Order turned on her and all that. So he's seen all that. And then we'll watch the movies, and he's like, ah, these aren't nearly as good. But he still watches and loves the movies. He's actually probably a bigger fan of the prequels than he is of the rest, because he's a little afraid of Darth Vader, so he doesn't like the original three. And I, I could watch Force Awakens probably already. That'd probably be the next one on the list. I think Force Awakens is probably the best Star Wars movie, just because of the emotional reaction I had when I saw it on opening day, and how good it was, and how it left you wanting so much more for the episode eight with Luke at the end and her handing him lightsaber. And then obviously when she hands him lightsaber, he just chucks it. I was like, what the hell is going on here? But he's, he's a big prequel fan and he probably force awakens 
So it's been enjoyable doing that. We've got him a little bit in the Marvel movies because I have all the action figures and he plays with all those and he loves Spider-Man. But I think Spider-Man are the only movies he's seen because he's a little afraid of the Hulk. Um, and some of the movies are a little too intense for him at this point and he and a little too long. Like I watched Endgame. I actually, I have this bad habit. Well, not a bad habit, but I've watched the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in order and then I watched it in order backwards and then I watched it again in order and I actually put on Endgame just because I wanted to listen to the song at the beginning, which is a song called uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy. Which I was just like, I just kind of want to listen to it right now. I'm on Disney Plus. I'm just going to play it so I can listen to this song. And I was like, I think I'm just going to watch this whole movie. I know it's three hours. And then when it ended, I was like, I need to watch Infinity War again. So I started watching them backwards. So I'm going to probably go backwards through all of them again right now. So he'll get stuck watching those with me. But those are the two main ones right now. From my childhood, I don't, I don't know if there's anything in particular other than like the land before time. Because I just loved all those little dinosaurs so much. But... He doesn't like old animation. He likes the Pixar animation. So he, so he kind of crap because that's just what he's grown up on now is he's seen the Incredibles and Cars and stuff like that. So when he sees the older Disney animation, he doesn't like it. He's like, yeah, it's not really my style. And I can't really blame him for that. But sure. Land Before Time would probably be the one that I would want to get him to watch just because I remember loving that movie as a kid. But, I mean, I'm not going to force him to watch something he doesn't want to watch. It's just cruel. Sure. Uh, can you do me a solid move your mic again? Mm. Yeah. It's just right when it gets on your neck. It's right when it gets on your I neck. Need, I need to switch. I have it in my left hand because my left arm's a little stronger right now. So I'm going to move my phone to my right hand. Right. So that, because that's where my no, speaker I... is, is on the right ear. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, you can interrupt me at any point and we can go back and you can edit it down and drop a couple seconds back and I'll continue telling the story. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's for me. I mean, really, I, I noticed it. I, I don't even notice how long it was until I noticed it. Um, but I, I let you finish your sentence. Like I, I let, had, I let, I've had girls say that to me before. Um, so I can, I just want to add in really quick. You say that that is the only cartoon that has ever made you cry. Uh, I can tell you one cartoon in my life has ever made me cry. It's Futurama. Really? Jurassic Bark. I, you know, I have You never... tell me, you tell me, you don't, do you not know that episode? No, I don't watch Futurama. I've seen episodes, but I was never a huge fan. And it's one watch of those shows that I know a lot of people love that I just never got into. So I, I'll watch it sometimes on Cartoon Network when it's on and there's nothing else on. So I go know go out of your way go out of, go out of your way to watch Jurassic Park. All right, Done. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what happens on it, but you watch Jurassic Park and then you tell and then you text me and tell me if you cried or not. Oh yeah. Um, you know and the, can you hear him? What did he say? I don't know. What, Oliver, what's going on? What does Young Link say? He's playing Hyrule Warriors on the Nintendo Switch. No way. And Young Link, here's huge breaking news, says, no way. No way. No way, Ganon. You will not take my princess away. Why every princess in every, like, video game always gets captured? Like, I have every Mario game, and you're always trying to capture this princess. And why is she so stupid that she always gets caught? And the other revelation that my six-year-old had the other day was that Mario games are basically just playing capture the flag because that's all you're trying to do is get to the end of the level and get the flag and like 
Princess isn't really that important because he doesn't really like girls because all his cousins six. are girls and he's six <laughs> and he just wants boys. My uh, sister-in-law has one on the way and he's like, that better be a boy. I need a boy to play with. <laughs> and they haven't done a reveal yet. She's doing like a month and they're waiting. So I was like, hey, pressure's on. That thing better come out with a penis or your nephew's going to be upset. <laughs> I was like, not to put any pressure on you, scare and the fact that you've been exposed to the virus and you're pregnant and yeah no pressure but it better be a boy or your nephew's gonna be upset very upset uh and the only other episode of futurama to make me cry and i'll just tell you what happens in this one it's 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 a full episode about uh how uh his he, he finds out his brother was uh like the first like the first guy to mars I forget the exact storyline. It deals with his brother and you end up finding out that his brother had a son, had a, had a son and he named his son Fry. He named his son after his brother because they never know what happened to him. And, and, and I'm very, you know, like connected with my brother, you know, with what we've gone through in life. Uh, So that, that I just blubbering like a little girl when it comes to my brother. And then anyone that knows Futurama knows what I'm talking about with Jurassic Bark. So you go ahead and watch that one and then get back to me. I definitely um, will see, see what real quick though. What kills me about Rebels is if you've seen Clone Wars, if you have it, you're gonna get this is gonna be a spoiler. But they have this character Soka who's Anakin Skywalker's pa- uh, Padawan, and in the cartoon, it's released after all the movies, and she's not in the movies. So obviously, people are thinking she's gonna die, and that's how they're gonna write off the character. But rather than doing that, they have her. Uh, there's like someone gets murdered and she's framed. The Jedi Order doesn't believe her. Anakin obviously does and tries to clear her name and ultimately does. But she feels so betrayed. And if you really start thinking about it, the biggest problem in Anakin Skywalker's life of why he becomes Darth Vader is because all the women in his life leave him. He loses his Padawan because the Jedi screwed him over, which if you'd seen before you watch episode three would have more of an impact. His mom dies and then his wife dies and he doesn't know his wife dies, but he's afraid she's going to die. And that's why he ends up turning. But so in Rebels, Ahsoka comes back and she's having like this weird Jedi acid trip where she realizes that Darth Vader is Anakin. And in her head, Anakin says, Ahsoka, why did you leave me? Do you know what I've become? And I'm just like, I can't handle this. This is too much for me right now. Like just knowing like that this Vader character is just this beat up, depressed, sad cyborg and that he's like guilty her in her dreams i just i just broke down right there sure sure um and that's i mean good reasoning good reasoning um not to sound like an asshole moving along um, no let's do it <laughs> what's uh, our next question favorite director jj uh, you- abrams Okay. Uh, and this, go, this, this goes back to Alias, actually. I okay. love Alias, the TV show. Um, Jennifer and Gardner. I love, yeah, I love Jennifer Garner still to this day, man. Anyway, but between that and Force Awakens alone is enough that I just, it's so good. And I think he did the best he could with The Rise of Skywalker. I really think this last trilogy went downhill real quick but i blame disney for that not having a direct idea of what they wanted out of the three movies you know with the beginning middle and end because it's like all right you have this great beginning and then the last jedi becomes what i think is a really good movie but it wasn't the right middle movie because you kill the villain off and then you have 
to bring back the old villain in the third movie to kind of tie it all up. And I feel like they were kind of just scrambling at the end. Whereas someone, I mean, they have a whole uh, department of people that are in charge of continuity and stuff should have been like, all right, so what are we doing? Where are we going? You know, how is this going to, what are we going to begin with? What's the middle? What's the end? So when you bring in the new director for the second movie, you go, okay, you're writing the script, but here's what we want. You know, we want, this character to go here, this character to go here. How you get them there is up to you, but get them there. And I don't think that happened. And I think that's why people hate this last trilogy so much is because there was no real direction of how it was going to go. And it kind of got, yeah, let's wrap it up. I also think it was a terrible idea to make it a trilogy because I think people love the characters so much in episode seven that you could have had these characters go on for seven or eight movies like Harry Potter and kill them off throughout where like you never know who's gonna die in this one and then build more characters in the star wars episodes could have gone on forever you know until people stop enjoying it and you never needed a finish you could have just kept leaving a cliffhanger at the end of every movie potentially so you want to see the next ones but yeah jj abrams just for that for alias the tv show and force awakens alone would probably be my favorite director I also love that he directed Star Trek, too. I mean, like, how much of a fanboy is he of sci-fi that he directed the new Star Trek and the new Star Wars? Like, how does that happen? I, he's a good he's a good fucking director. I, he's a great director. I, he, he did uh, Cloverfield, right? He did Cloverfield. Yes. He did uh, uh, Super 8. Uh, not as good as his other ones. I really enjoyed Cloverfield. Um, but yeah, he's, he's gotten great products that he was able to prove his vision, not so much with the last season of lost, but a good vision. But and, God, lost was another one too. If you went into it going, Hey, here's the beginning. Here's the middle. Here's the end. Here's how we're going to finish this. I think they just threw it out there. Go to this is going to get canceled after eight weeks. Let's just make some money. And then went, Oh crap. We actually got a good story here. But yeah, I agree. The end of lost really suck but the first three or four seasons were so good so good so good um but yeah jj abrams um especially with uh force awakens force awakens is my favorite of that trilogy my favorite star wars film is rogue one i i i am all on board with that too there, like for me, it's Return of the Jedi is my favorite. It's the one we had as a VHS when I was a kid, and I watched it literally. So the two movies I watched every day of my life were Back to the Future and Return of the Jedi. And I remember, I remember at one point because uh, I think the statute of limitations would be up, but we illegally recorded Back to the Future, and I, my mom kept telling me like, yeah, they're making a second one, or there's a second one coming. And I thought she meant on the same tape because we had three <laughs> movies on the tape. So I used to, so, and I did it every day. Like, I don't know what was going through my head. The, the second movie is going to start any minute now. Why is it not starting? <laughs> and she would try to explain to me, no, no, it's going to come in theater. And we actually saw it in the theater. And I love Back to the Future 2. And I really love Back to the Future 3. Uh but I remember that VHS and just going, there's got to be another one. But Return of the Jedi is my favorite. And I actually have all three of the original Star Wars movies on VHS because I love the original versions with the original sure. music. And I, my, like, I have no problem with what George Lucas did with changing the movies around and adding stuff and changing stuff with the exception of him changing the music in Jabba's Palace and him changing the music at the end. I don't even mind him putting in, um, what's Anakin Skywalker's real name? Christian Haydenson. 
as Anakin at the very end is the Force ghost. That I'm cool with because that's what, you know, we came to realize that Vader was, you know, as a person. So cool. That's an awesome little thing to add in. But I hated that they changed, they got rid of the Yub Nub song at the very end with the Ewoks. And yes, I know the song. I have it on iTunes and I have the VHS. And when I, when I watch Return of the Jedi now, I watch the Blu-ray all the way up to the end. And then I pop in the VHS in my VCR that I have connected to my TV. It took a lot of Jimmy rigging to get a VCR on these brand new TVs. Um, but I have it and I switch over and I watch the VHS for the last two minutes just to listen to Yub Nub rather than that cinematic, you know, orchestra, whatever they have at the end now. And I don't need to see all the fireworks going off. I just need Yub Nub. Sure. Absolutely. Hey, give me uh, a second just to, uh, to fix something on my, uh, my phone here real fast. Okay. Uh, and we'll, and we'll get right back to it. No problem. And we're back. As Ian Carmel would say, I'm a big fan of, uh, all fantasy everything if you don't listen to all fantasy uh everything tommy uh you should listen to all fantasy everything i'll add it to my podcast uh uh here's the unneeded uh plug on the thing all fantasy everything they take everyday ordinary objects and uh topics and fantasy draft them one of my favorite being the taco bell menu they have a fantasy draft on that. That is incredible. They fantasy draft Taco Bell menu. They fantasy draft the mall. They fantasy draft smells. They oh. fantasy draft songs that when they come on, you're 90% ready to fight. I could easily help them with that Taco Bell one because I used to work there as a manager. And there's two items there that I love that they no longer have. One was called a bean burrito especial. It's just beans, a little bit of cheese, and this jalapeno sauce. And then also their grilled stuffed chicken burrito, which is beans, rice, chicken, pepper jack sauce. And they don't have either of the sauces. That's what kills me. I need to find a recipe to make these dang things so I can eat them at home now. Ugh, I miss Taco Bell. I once put on 30 pounds of muscle while eating nothing but Taco Bell because all I ate was a burrito with beans, rice, chicken, and a little bit of cheese. I, <laughs> it, I was literally like I portioned it out where it was like 1,200 calories, like 80 grams of protein, 150 grams of carbs, and like 20 grams of fat. And I was like 24, so my metabolism was still going pretty good. But I put on 30 pounds of pure muscle in about six months just eating Taco Bell. And at one point, I wanted to get them to sponsor me and be like, hey, we'll give you free Taco Bell after I quit working there. Because I was getting free Taco Bell when I worked there. They didn't know that at the time, but I was getting free Taco Bell. Of course, of course. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, back to movies. Back to movies. Favorite genre? Uh, Sci-fi fantasy. Star Wars, Star Marvel Wars. stuff, anything like that. Comedies are great. I used to really love horror movies, but I've kind of gotten away from that, like as a parent, because a lot of them you see kids dying, and that's not the greatest when you have a kid. Sure. Um, I, I used to love watching Law & Order SVU, but that's a little rough now, too, because you see kids getting raped, and it's like, oh, man, I'm thinking about my son getting like kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. And the worst one for me, I, I don't know why it's... Uh, God, what is the movie? But I'm not even going to be able to think of it now. The last house on the left, when the girl's getting raped in the woods. Like, I cannot watch that scene. Sure. Which I remember when I saw the theater, I was like, oh, dude, that's gruesome and graphic. I used to love House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects and all that stuff. But I still think oh, those are good movies. From, have you seen Three from Hell? No, I haven't, actually. I think I have it on DVD because I have, like, a whole horror movie collection of DVDs that are just, like, in a black 
little thing right now with the sleeves like that you should put cds in just because i don't want them taking up too much space because i'm probably not going to watch much of them i will however watch like friday the 13th every now and again on a friday the 13th or throw in like an old freddy movie but those are almost so comedic at this point that it's not even scary like my son will laugh at freddy and i'm like man this used to scare me and now my six-year-old's just laughing at it yeah. So, but horror movies, I really used to love horror movies. And it's kind of, I've kind of outgrown that as a parent. Sure. But, but uh, yeah, give, give me a good comedy or some sci fi fantasy stuff, and I'm good to go. Good. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, Star Wars, you mentioned some other good ones. Uh, what's a good comedy you love? Oh, good comedy. I mean, besides Airheads. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, <laughs> Oh, well, that's good. You mentioned horror films, and this will kind of just transition right into the next question. Do you remember the first movie to give you nightmares? Uh, yeah, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, I, all right. I, you know, I think that's probably the best out of all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, even though it's not technically a Nightmare on Elm Street. I had heard of Freddy because when I was in preschool, uh, my best friend who lived next door to me, we used to get dropped off at her aunt's house. And her aunt was this psycho that used to make her watch all the Nightmare on Elm Streets when she was like three, four years old. Like she'd play him like, you're going to watch this. So she was traumatized by him. So she'd put in my head like, these movies are terrifying. And I think I'd seen one on like USA Network or something when I was a kid where, you know, it's obviously some of the stuff's taken out and there's commercials. So it kind of gives you that little bit of little time in between where it's like, okay, it's commercial. Who can breathe again? But as a kid, I was I was terrified of Freddy. And then um, I think New Nightmare came out when I was 12, 11 or so. And we rented it because I was like, oh, I've got to see this now because the new one and all my friends were talking about it. And it terrified me. Like I remember watching it one day at home during the day. My brother, one of my brothers had a basketball tournament. I don't know where my other brother was, but my parents were at the basketball tournament. They were going to be gone the whole day. And I was like, I don't really want to go. And they're like, okay, you can stay home. Just, you know, order a pizza or something. Left me some cash. And I popped the VHS on in the morning. I started watching it. And I remember not wanting to go back into the hallway, like where our rooms were, because our living room was kind of disconnected from the rest of the house. It was like our living room and then the kitchen. And then the rest of the house is in the back down a long hallway. And I was like, I'm not going down the hallway. Freddie's there waiting for me. And I, I was terrified that whole day and just like waiting for somebody to come home. And I was doing decent until it got dark because I thought they were going to be home. But my brother's team kept winning. So if they'd lost their first two games, they would have been home at like three or four in the afternoon. It is summertime. And so it's light out to like eight. But like 830 rolls around. It's dark. They're not home. There's no cell phones. I have no way to contact anybody. I'm just chilling at home alone, not knowing what's going on. And I'm just like, he's coming for me. He's coming for me. So I started going down the hallway. I turned on all the lights in the house, like ran, turned every light on in every room. And then I ran back out to the living room and I started watching Cartoon Network and was watching old Popeye cartoons. And when my dad finally got home at like 930, he goes, why the F are all the lights on? I'm not made of money. <laughs> and he yells at me. I was like, Freddy was coming for me. And he's <laughs> like, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. Because that's the way my dad was. Sure, sure. And that's how most dads were in the 80s. Yeah, it, it, it was great. That's but awesome. At the time, it, yeah, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, probably the scariest movie I saw as a kid. That was Wes, that was Wes Craven returning to the Nightmare series. Mm -hmm. After Nightmare on Elm Street, he said, fuck you guys. Yeah, 
which was a tragedy because that movie was really good. And the other ones, like if you watch them for what they are, they're fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. especially with how bad they are. I've seen Dream Warriors way too many times because it'll come on TV, and I don't know why that's the one that's always on when I'm watching. But Dream Warriors, where you have the kids in the hospital, just it's so bad, but it's so amusing to me. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Yes. Yes. No, I'm right there. Uh, and earlier you had mentioned uh, Back to the Future, uh, yes. which brings up a, a fun question I like to bring up. Uh, in the first Back to the Future, when Marty uh, is in Hill Valley, uh, Mayor is Goldie Wilson. When yes. he goes in time, Goldie Wilson is cleaning up a malt shop. Do you yes. think that Goldie Wilson becomes mayor from his own destiny? Or do you think he becomes mayor in hand of Marty going back in time and telling him you're going to be mayor? It's in hand of Marty. Marty completely changes and rewrites history. And that's why he becomes mayor. Now, I get that he's the mayor starting out as well. But I think Marty completely screws everything up. And here's another great one. If you're into comic books, even in the slightest, go by the trade publications of the Back to the Future. It's like a 25-issue series, so it's like four trade publications. It goes into him having all these conflicts after he gets back from uh, the third movie and him not realizing if he's even the real Marty McFly anymore and having all this conflict in his head of like, holy crap, did I just screw everything up? And I think he absolutely did. I mean, making out with your mom is just not cool. And he screwed up pretty much the entire timeline and made it better for him. Not so great for Biff, which sucks because Biff's name is Tom Wilson. My name's Tom Wilson. So I always kind of had like this little affinity for Biff. That was also something I always liked seeing in the credits was my name. But I, I 100% think Marty caused Goldie Wilson to become mayor, no matter how you do it. And I think the even the current at the beginning of the movie timeline has already been affected by Marty going back to the future. Because time, time travel is an endless loop. Yes. So I yeah. think it could go on forever. You know, he gets back and then there's another Marty McFly that goes and screws up everything else and blah, 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 blah. And you just go through it. So I think it's infinite possibilities of anything that could happen. But I think Marty does screw up everything and causes everything that we see. So, yes, awesome. I think I think Marty causes Goldie to become mayor. Perfect. Um, who are who are some of your uh, your your childhood crushes from your your tween to teen years? Uh, what is her name? Reese Witherspoon. All right, that's a good one. Uh, uh, so hold uh, hold on, let me explain why now. The first Reese Witherspoon movie I saw was Fear with Marky Mark, uh, and there is a scene on a roller coaster where he where he just starts sticking his finger in her, and she has an orgasm on there, and I'm like, yes, that is what I want out of life. That that has uh, the dude from CSI as her dad. Yes. Yes, I forgot about that. I haven't seen that movie in quite a while. Alyssa Milano is also in that movie. Yeah, it's her best friend. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know fear. I know fear. I remember. Oh, Alyssa Milano would probably be on that list too. She's a little nutty now, and as I've gotten older, the crazier women are, the less attractive I find them. Right. Um, like it's kind of weird because, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, I don't care if she's crazy or not, whatever. And now I'm like, oh God, this woman is psychotic and it just kind of like makes me look at him a lot differently um jennifer garner was more into the late teens for me sure. but reese witherspoon was definitely the first and like the one that i was really into and then of course pamela anderson because baywatch 
And I have funny memory. I don't remember what birthday it was, but whenever, what was her movie? It wasn't Poison Ivy. It was Barbed Wire. Yeah. When Barbed Wire came out. It's not the comic. Yeah. I, so on my birthday every year, I was allowed to rent two movies. Like I could only rent ah. one on normal times, on normal weekends. And I'd usually get a wrestling movie. Uh, or a wrestling event, I'd get WrestleMania 7 or 8 or whatever, you know, that was. Every now and again, I'd get a movie if something new was coming out that I wanted to see. But on my birthday, I was allowed to get a stuffed crust pizza from, from Pizza Hut. That was just for me. She'd order pizza for everybody else, too. But there was a stuffed crust cheese pizza with extra cheese just for me that no one else was allowed to touch. And I could rent two movies. And I got that and In the Army Now with Paul Shore. Yes! and we watched in the army now and she was like you're gonna watch this tonight you can watch the other one tomorrow and i wake up and she's watching it (laughs) and she goes you're not watching this i'm like oh come on but she did not think it was appropriate because i think i was 12 or 13 yeah and she's my mom so she's she's like no you're not watching this you're not ready for this i was like oh i'm ready you have no idea how ready I am. She wasn't ready for that, and that's fair enough. But I ended up not getting to see it then. I've watched it since, and it's not good. And in Army Now is not good. But you want to know what movie I really like with Polly Shore, though? Yeah. Son- Son-in-Law. Yes. It is a pretty good movie. Like It's actually really funny, and it was on like a Showtime free preview few months ago so i watched it and i was expecting to get into it and go oh i can't do this because i have all the beavis and butthead dvds and i hadn't watched them in the longest time and i actually started watching them about a year ago and i was like these are really unwatchable now that i'm an adult they were funny when i was 15 but now it's just unwatchable so i felt like man a Polly shore movie is not gonna be watchable and another little random Polly shore fact is he actually has his own version of unskinny bob the song <laughs> Oh, that yeah. you should seek out because it is hilarious. It's, it has nothing to do with the original Poison version. But at one point in time, um, when I was coming out to that with Jeff Dino, we were thinking about me singing along different words, but to that beat. So I was searching out like uh, karaoke versions and I came across the Polly Shore version. And I was like, this is amazing. It's That's- worth going out of your way to YouTube and listen to at least once. Um, so you want to talk about a movie that you quote that you, you quote uh, that people have no idea you're quoting. Uh, Son-in-law is a movie that I quote that people don't realize. Um, whenever someone asks if I have a screwdriver, I will always say, sorry, I'm all out of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from Son-in-law. Yes, that's awesome. That's the first line. That's the first thing Polly Shore says is the dad is looking for a screwdriver to pop Carla Giergo, and I had a big crush on her because of this film, Yeah, uh, to pop her trunk. And he goes, do you, do you have a screwdriver? And he just drunkenly looks up at him and like, sorry, I'm all out of vodka. Oh, that's great. I never that, would have thought of quoting that one I, on that. That's a joke I didn't get as a kid, uh, but watching it again as an adult, uh, fucking hilarious. Yes. Um, no, I love, I love Polly Shride. <laughs> I like Pauly Shore just as a person. Like I like, like I love seeing interviews with him and seeing him on TV shows. Um, his movies aren't all the best, but he's good in Encino Man. He's good in Son-in-Law. He's pre- he's good because he plays himself in every movie. So if you like him, 
you'll probably like his performances. Yes. Even though the movies themselves aren't ever great. So what's a moving along, just to move it along. What is a movie that you feel the, the listeners can watch once in their life? It'll impact them enough that they never have to watch it again. I don't think that movie exists. I thought, I thought about this because you obviously sent me all the questions beforehand. Spoiler alert, everybody. It's all a work. Uh, and I really thought I really thought about it and thought, what movie could you see once? And I don't think there is one because if something impacts you that much, you're gonna need to see it again. Now there are movies like the whole list thing going on right now, which you know, out of these nine, pick three that's going on during this freaking virus outbreak. And I've seen like with movies of like which you know three would you pick and you can never see the rest again. I'm just like, there's certain movies that I've seen so many times like Airheads, where I could re-watch it in my head in about 20 minutes and go through the whole movie again. So I never need to see Airheads again to remember it, so I would never need to. Obviously, most people aren't going to watch that and think it's a movie they can see once and it would impact them. I, I think anything that really impacts you, you're going to want to watch a second time because the first time I saw Last Jedi, I hated it. Second time, I liked it a little bit more because I started seeing more and more stuff and picking up stuff on it. And the third time, I was like, I actually really like this movie. I don't like it as the second movie of this uh, this trilogy, but I like this movie as just like a one-off something because I felt like the director wrote a great script and I felt like the performances were really good. And I thought there was a lot of little details, like towards the end when Luke and, and Kylo are fighting on this salt planet, they made a big point of this red salt underneath the top white layer. And the first time around, I didn't catch on to it. But there's a point where Kylo's walking and you see the red salt under his feet. And then Luke, like, revs his foot like a bull and the, and the, the salt doesn't move. And that is, was a clear giveaway that he's a force ghost at that point or he's not really there. He's not really a person. And the first time I didn't notice that. The second time I was like, that's genius. And he set it up so well. And it was just such great storytelling throughout the movie that it just blew my mind. But anyway, back to the whole thing of is there a movie that could impact you where you only need to see it once? I just I don't believe that movie exists. What do you think? What like what's that movie for you? I'm curious. American History X. Okay. That's I think that's a pretty damn good call. Yeah. I could even throw in like natural born killers on that one. Yeah, yeah. Seven. Um like Seven, yes. Okay, um, now I'm feeling you on those ones now. Now Seven I I love rewatching. I could oh. watch that. That's one I could watch on a pretty frequent basis, even though it's terrifying. But I love the whole Seven Deadly Sins and the way they incorporate that throughout the movie. Plus, i am kind of got a man crush on Brad Pitt since Legend of the Fall. He was actually, him and Bret Hart were my inspirations to grow my hair long. There you go. Uh, <laughs> true story. Um, uh, yeah, for me, I watched Seven at, I was like 22, 23 years old. Uh, and I still think that that was too young. <laughs> I could see that. Um, that that film terrified the shit out of me. So uh, my uh, wife, my wife was a film major in college, and she loves like and, Memento and um, Road to Perdition are like two of her favorite movies because it's just the cinematography and the storytelling. And we were actually talking about Seven the other day, and I was like, "You would love this movie." if you wouldn't hate it she's so like afraid of horror movies and doesn't want to see those images because same thing like as a parent you don't want to see 
you know, bodies decapitated and stuff like that. But I was like, you would love this movie so much if you could get over the gore in it. Sure. Um, uh, another good one. Uh, not that it's an impactful movie, but you can watch it once. And I think you're good. There will be blood. I never got through that. I didn't enjoy it. It moved too slow and I never got to the point where it picked up for me. Sure. But I definitely gave it a try because it received such positive reviews. It didn't even win the Academy Award. Whatever year it came out, did it? No, I don't think it did. Okay. But I remember it being, you know, critically acclaimed and people going, you got to see this movie. So I tried and I just couldn't do it. Uh, I watched it once. I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, and But I unless my wife wants to watch it, um, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to take the time to, to rewatch it. Yeah. Um, as we uh, as we come to uh, an end here with our final question, uh, what is a movie that you would like to recommend to the listeners uh, for them to to give a chance to watch if it's something they haven't seen or, or something that you just love so much? Besides Airheads, you, if I, you want, if I'm uh, no, no, I'm, I'm right actually going to go. I'm going to go back to Knives Out. Knives it out. just came out. It'll probably be streaming pretty soon. Um, cause I, I actually got the Netflix Blu-ray and watched it on there cause it's not on Netflix yet on the streaming. That movie is so good. It is worth it. It's great cast, great writing, great story. You know, most people, if you like, said, if you're watching it, you'll catch on probably, to, you know, pretty early on to what's going on, but it's just such a great twist at the end. And I, I didn't see it coming. So maybe that helped a little bit that I wasn't paying as much attention throughout and went, oh my god, that's a that's genius. And I was like popping towards the end and like plotting quietly because it was like one in the morning at that point. I didn't want to wake anybody up, but I was like, this is brilliant. Absolutely. So knives, knives out would be my recommendation of something that people need to watch. Are there other than Airheads? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the episode, uh, the name of this episode is going to be Airheads. I hope so because Airheads that. is an underrated classic that I know no one ever. I know a lot. I know. Okay, one. I'm going to say this because, like I said, I see on Twitter and Facebook all the time people going, "Who would win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God?" And leaving that up, and people, and the, and in all the comments, it's always trick, trick question. Lemmy has God. Like people know it, so I know people have seen this movie, and I know if they're quoting it, they've seen it more than once. So I know there is a fan base for it, but I also know the average public today, if you haven't seen it, will not give it a chance. Absolutely. And you should. It's like I said, it's very short. It's about rock and roll. And it's just it's ridiculous. And it's Adam Sandler. You can't go wrong there. You can't go wrong with Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi either. Like those three alone carry the movie. And then you do. I forgot David Arquette was in until you said that. I forgot he was the goofy airhead surfer. Because mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched it in quite a while now. But there was a period of time where I watched that thing every freaking day, sometimes twice. But oh yeah, no, I I, I absolutely love it. Um, but with that, that is uh, that is all all the questions uh, we really have. Uh, where can people find you online if you want them to find you? I don't even know. I think I'm Mega Tommy eighty two on Twitter and probably the same on Instagram. Okay. Um, I I interact with people that want to talk to me. If you don't, that's cool, too. I don't really go on. uh, I haven't, you know, I'm not wrestling anymore, so I don't really have a desire to plug anything that I'm doing because all I'm doing now is just being a stay-at-home dad, recovering from an illness. And when I get back at it, I'm probably just going to be surfing and golfing. 
pretty much as much as I can. Um, and I don't really care if anybody does that with me or not. So I think Mega Tommy 82 is everything. My Facebook's private because I pretty much keep that to family. Um, because on Twitter, I will go on little rants. Like I went off on Hulk Hogan for being a racist prick the other day, even though he is still the greatest wrestler who ever lived. But he's old and he's an old white guy that lives in Florida, has some stupid opinions, in my opinion. And he uh, made a comment about how we don't need a vaccine for this COVID-19 virus. And we just need prayer. And I was like, well, it's not prayer that saved me in the hospital. It was a doctor who performed multiple surgeries on me. And I mean, I died three times and he brought me back to life, not the prayers. If you if I'd gone to the ER and they were like, well, just go home and pray. I'd have died within a day. I lived two more months to you know, get out of the hospital to go on. So it, to me, it's offensive when people say it. Like, if you want to pray to me, that's great. If that helps you. But don't say we don't need vaccines. Don't say we don't need medicine. Don't say we don't need surgeries. So I, I went on a very just cussing fueled rampage on Hulk Hogan that he refused to respond to. He responded to Anthony Idol a day later on Instagram and that pissed me off. I was like, yeah, Hulk, you're a little bitch. You won't respond to me when I criticize you. But still, yeah, the, greatest, still the greatest wrestler ever. You can still watch him and still like the guy. Because I've actually met him. I was on Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling as a guest trainer. And he was really nice to me. So I have good experiences with him personally. Just disagree with his old man opinions. Um, so my Facebook, I tend to be more, hey, here's a photo of my son looking cute. And, you know, he doesn't wear clothes. He walks around in just underwear, which I don't know where he got that from. Because it's not like I didn't just wear a pink Speedo for 20 years of my life. Right. But I, I put that up for the family. And I don't go on these rants because, like, my mother and my mother-in-law are on there. And they don't need to see me cussing out Hulk Hogan. Sure, of course. I have to say my favorite, uh, one of my favorite photos from my wedding uh, is me actually just holding your kid uh, wearing nothing but his underwear. Yes, there's a photo of you and him backstage at a SoCal Pro show too. Him, so, re- I mean, obviously I had a lot of time in the hospital of doing nothing, so I was going through a lot of old photos and I found one of you and him backstage and he goes, Ted, who's that that I'm with? I was like, that's just an asshole named Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do me a solid uh if you can find it send me that photo i'd love to see it yeah, i'll send that over to you it's it's a good photo you guys are back over by the soccer field in that little the strip of uh paint where you can walk to the back and you're both just smiling and grinning because i think i had you watched him that night because nick levin was there and i didn't trust him not to give my son alcohol Sure. Like, yeah, that, that, like, legitimately, that was a concern. And not because I think Nick Lovin is a piece of crap or anything, but he's just stoned and stupid enough that he might think it's funny to give what was then a three-year-old alcohol. And I don't even remember why he was with me. I think my wife is doing something for work. And it was literally just one of those days where she, like, had a Saturday that she had to work or do something. Or maybe it was a baby shower for her sister or something. But I remember just having to bring him, just going, oh, my God, I do not want him here alone. Like, he'd been to shows with her before. But I was like, crap, he's backstage. He's too little for this. I've got to, I've got to go wrestle for 20 minutes, and hopefully he'll be okay when I get back. And obviously, I trusted him with you, so that was great. Yeah, yeah I'll that, send that photo to you. That's awesome. Uh, as we do wrap up, uh, wrap up here, uh, uh, <laughs> I understand you ranted Hulk Hogan. Uh, but with these uh, crazy quarantine times, I mean, even before that, we here at the pod, the last podcast you want, uh, we try and keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude. 
Uh, do you do you have a message of positivity or a personal mantra you'd like to pass on to the listeners? And wrap it up. You, you know, I really don't. But I've gone through depression and anxiety most of my life, and one of the craziest things is that uh, after dying a few times and living through. Uh, pancreatitis, which should have killed me completely. They told me I had a 10% chance of living uh, when they discharged me. They didn't tell me that while I was there, but when I got out and they're like, all right, you're in the clear, you're good to go home now. Like, yeah, you had a 10% chance of living, maybe less. So it's like, yeah, two people have survived this in my lifetime that I've seen as a doctor. Uh, I came out not feeling depressed anymore because I was like, man, I kind of want to live now that I've gone through all this. So I keep my head pretty straight now. Uh, things are really good. Enjoy the family more. And I enjoy, honestly, just playing a video game. And I always hate when people go, oh, man, I wasted my life playing video games. If you're doing something, here, here's going to be my mantra for you. If you're enjoying what you're doing in the moment, then you're living right. If you're playing a video game and you're loving it, like I love playing The Legend of Zelda. Just the music alone is great, but I love the characters. I love the stories of all of them. I love watching Star Wars. I love watching the Marvel movies. I love collecting action figures. I love reading comic books. And if I'm doing those things alone, people would be like, man, you're just wasting your life, you know, doing these things. I'm like, dude, I'm enjoying every minute of it. You know, just because you're going out on a trip to Vegas or whatever and partying, like that, if that's what's doing it for you, that's great. Do it. If going to church is what does it for you, great. Just do what makes you happy and don't do things that don't make you happy. And that's something I discovered later on with watching movies even is, I'll give a movie, like I said, I have about a 20-minute rule. If 20 minutes in, I'm not feeling this, I'm out. And Joker came dangerously close to me going, I don't know if I want to watch this, but I'd already paid. So I was like, I'm going to stick it out because everybody says it's good. But if I'm watching a TV show, I give it an episode or two, and if I'm not hooked, I'm out. I will not waste my time doing things I don't want to do unless it's work and something that I have to do because it's a necessity. Um, you know, I go to church with the family because that's what they're into for Christmas and Easter. Although this being Easter and everything being quarantined, I got out of church today. So I got to, uh, escape the priest's awesome joke that he tells every Christmas and Easter of like, all right, I need all the CEOs to stand all my Christmas and Easter onlys. <laughs> every single time he says that that's I'm fun. great. And what I'm grateful for today, besides not being a pedophile, is that I don't have to listen to that joke. And there you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that has been another episode. Tommy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Steve. It was great talking to you and having some fun. I hope Absolutely. everybody I hope everybody makes it to the end of this. I hope they do, too. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the last podcast you'd want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you then. Take care, man. Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? Finn Balor or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from Pro Wrestling Loot, professional wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 to seven item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. 
with over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, pro wrestling loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, lucha libre, American, and European pro wrestling, pro wrestling loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot, for the fan and all of us. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. It's over.